Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us this morning. And, uh, man, so glad that you could uh, be with us and tune in for this. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit uh, from God's Word today. And, uh, man, I just want to pray and ask God to speak to us through it, if if, uh, you don't mind. Let's do that. God, thank you so much for um, just giving us a few minutes together. Uh, Lord, as your church, um, as your people, uh, as your children, as your family, uh, Lord, to speak to our hearts and remind us of your truth. Uh, Lord, may we be encouraged today by that, uh, and may we be challenged at the same time. Uh, Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Um, so the message that I'm sharing this morning is uh, is one that a uh, very simple message, to be honest with you. It uh, kind of comes out of uh, just me spending time in the Word and, and specifically even time with some of my guys that uh, I do Bible study with. Uh, and just uh, we, we've started into the book of John um, and uh, just kind of walking through that together. We've kind of been all over the place uh, studying different books and things, and we'll do that from time to time. And uh, this time on this particular study, I, we're kind of encouraging each other to not be worried about finishing a chapter at a time, but uh, to just try to take sections and really dig in on what's what's going on in the scriptures. And so uh, we're doing that. We started in John 1 and uh, the Gospel of John. And uh, out of that, I just had this verse that just like just kind of screamed at me that, uh, I don't know, just felt like there was enough there and there was something to it that... Uh, the Lord wanted to remind me uh, and maybe us as a church of who He is and what He's done. And so um, I jumped on this and uh, decided to take that verse and felt led to take that verse and to teach from it today. And so that's what I'm going to be teaching from. In fact, if you got a Bible with you and you want to go to John chapter 1 uh, and verse 14, and we're really studying one verse today. Uh, we'll, we'll hit some other scripture a little bit, but uh, one, one verse is really what we're looking at today. And, uh, and, and it comes around Jesus. It comes around the person of Jesus. And to be honest with you, this is one of those verses that uh, uh, we use a lot at Christmas time. I may use it again here in a couple of months. You just never know. Uh, but uh, uh, this is, I, I, and, and I had that thought of like, oh, maybe I should wait on this. And I was like, no, I, I think it'd just be good for us, good for our souls right now to be reminded of who, who God is, who God the Father is, and what he sent Christ to do. And so uh, this morning, uh, we've got this. Let's, let's look at this. John 1, 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word became flesh. Read it again. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of of grace and truth. There's a lot in that one verse right there. And uh, I think even just to um, kind of start out with that, I think we have to go back to John 1.1. And you're already saying, Chris, thought it was one verse. I know, right? Uh, but I think to just kind of get a little bit better understanding of John 1.14, we need John 1.1, which is obviously the first verse of the book. Um, and it says this, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is a huge verse for us in our faith, uh, and it helps us to understand, and the book of John helps us to understand uh, that this is speaking about Jesus. If you look there, the capitalization on the W and the word word uh, is talking about Jesus. 
Uh, and we understand that from the scriptures that are to come and that kind of thing. So if there's any questioning that, but it, it all makes sense as you're even reading through the first part of this chapter, uh, what, what he's talking about here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so it's talking about Jesus is God, and Jesus was with God in the beginning. Um, and... Uh, and that he was with God, uh, and and that he you know that he was God. Jesus was God. So just from from you know all of this together, you take John one one, then you take John one fourteen. One of the things that uh, becomes a truth that you can build on, uh, because John one fourteen says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." Again, Word is capitalized there, and it's talking about Jesus. Uh, is is just a very basic understanding here. If the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And we know that Jesus is who is being talked about here, and that Jesus is God. Then we also understand that God became flesh. God became a human. So God came and He lived with us. In fact, we'll just go back to John one fourteen as we're going to walk through this. It says, "And the Word became flesh." The Word, uh, the living Word. You say, you know, why? Why is Jesus called Word here? What is the deal with that? Well, it, it's it's the living Word. It's the Word that that. Jesus himself spoke all of creation into existence. Uh, it's understanding that he is the word, he is the truth. Scripture teaches that Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father, comes to the Father except through him. And so, uh, you know, the word became flesh, as it says there, and the word became flesh, John 1, 1 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And dwelt among us is, you know, is this is this helping us to see he became flesh and dwelt among us that that God, that Jesus became human. Now it doesn't mean that Jesus uh, became no longer God. It means that he also took on the human attributes that he would have while he was here on earth as a man. And so he's still fully God and still fully man, and we're going to look to a, a passage of Scripture about that here in just a little bit. Uh, but this, this, this idea, he dwelt among us. This is a, this is a great passage, by the way. This, this dwelt among us. Uh, it's, a, it's a great understanding about who God is and who Jesus is. Um, and, and the meaning behind dwelt among us, if you want to translate that literally, is, is that he came and he pitched a tent. Um, and the and the uh, the meaning of those words and the way those words work together in the Greek are actually helping us to not see that this is not a temporary thing, but that this is a he's coming to stay. And so, and you might say, well, Jesus came, but then Jesus died on the cross, and then he, uh, but then of course he rose from the grave three days later. But then after that, he ascended to go back and be with the Father. Yes, you are absolutely right. But God Himself still dwelt with with us because as Jesus left, He left with us the Holy Spirit. And so it is this reminder uh, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And again, you know, you didn't know better. You'd think that's just talking about just he dwelt for a time. And of course, Jesus did just dwell for a time here. Uh, But God himself is still dwelling with us. Uh, For anyone that has trusted and believed in Jesus to be their Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Uh, and, And that's that's. That's that conscious. That's that. That's where conviction comes from. All of those things that we need so desperately, uh, and so uh, dwelt among us. God became man. He came. He pitched a tent, and that is to 
stay, uh, God with us, uh, which also Emmanuel, also very Christmassy, I know. Uh, but then it says this, it says, and we have seen his glory and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And we have seen his glory and we've seen his glory. You know, glory, and I've mentioned this recently, glory, you know, has this connotation when we talk about God's glory, especially, definitely has this connotation if we think back to moments like Moses wanting to see God's glory and, and God not being willing to show it to Moses because he says, you you won't be able to handle it. Uh, you know, here in this in this uh, passage, you know, what we're looking at is we're saying that that he has come, that God has come, and we have we have gotten to see him, we people have gotten to see him, human kind uh, have gotten to see him. I know we weren't alive, obviously, when he was here, uh, but but people have seen God's glory through Jesus. They've seen his appearance. They've seen his perfection. And you go, Chris, well, you know, what's that look like? Well, I mean, think about it. You know, Jesus came, lived the perfect life. Uh, even though he became a human, he was still God and was able to, you know, shun sin and all those things, uh, which is, by the way, part of what makes him the perfect sacrifice to be the lamb that would be slaughtered on behalf of our sins, uh, that he took the death that we deserve uh, for our sin, which allows us, if we believe in him, uh, then his death covers our sin and we get forgiveness for that. Uh, so, you know, a lot, lot going on in one verse here, like I said. Uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, Glory as of the only Son from the Father. Only Son from the Father uh, resonates with another with another verse out of the book of John that I just felt like was worth mentioning here, and that's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so we understand God loved the world, and because of that he sent his only Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, only son, you know. This is this is a I, I think something that's worth mentioning. That maybe maybe you've thought you've thought about it before. Maybe it's been a while. But just thinking about what God the Father did in sending Jesus, uh, being His only son, and being that He was God, but that He would come and and not just you know everything wasn't just hunky dory Jesus didn't just come and he wasn't treated like a king right you know everybody was looking for that king uh, that Jesus wasn't um, but Jesus was treated awfully I mean he was he he had to suffer he had to sacrifice it literally his life uh, we'll read a little more about that in just a minute but it's just this it's just this reminder of the sacrifice that the father made in sending his only son. I got I got six girls and I got one boy. Um, many of you may have one child or whatever. You, you can kind of relate in different ways. Uh, we can all relate in different ways. I'm sure if you're a parent at all, you can relate. I, I can't imagine losing any of my children. Uh, I can't imagine losing my only son. You know, it would be just devastating. Uh, and God sent his only son to die for us. Why? What tells us right there in 316? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He did that for us. He didn't do it because we earned it. He didn't do it because we were being good. We're being stupid, you know? 
God did something for us that we didn't deserve. And that leads us to the next part of that passage. Go back and read John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the Son, from the, as, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus comes full of grace and truth. This is like the perfect balance. This is what we need from each other, isn't it? I mean, this is this is what we need. We need we need more of grace and truth in this world. We need that uh, from one person to another, especially one believer to another, one friend to another, one family member to another. Uh, we need grace, unmerited favor. That's what grace means unmerited favor. In other words, it's it's showing favor to somebody that doesn't deserve it. Um, you know, I need that in pe- from people in my life. I let people down. I've, I've mentioned recently, I feel like I've not been a great friend to a lot of my friends lately because I've just been so busy. You know, I need their grace for that. Uh, I still care for them. I think they know that. But it, it's just one of those things. Like, we need to be able to show one another grace. We're called to show one another grace. Uh, but he comes full of grace, and not just grace. He doesn't come just full of grace. He also comes full of truth. And, and truth, that word, and the word truth means being true, and you go, okay, well, great. Thanks for the definition, right? But think about that for a minute. Being true. In this day and age, how hard is it to know sometimes what is true? I mean, that, that is the constant conversation that I hear, whether it's a political conversation or whatever it may be, the things that are going on in the world right now, what is really true and how do we know what is really true? And here we have Jesus, and he comes not just with grace, full of grace, but full of truth, because he himself is true. That's, I mean, that's such a big statement that I, I don't even know that we can fathom like the weight of that. I want people in my life that can be gracious because I will let them down, but I also need people in my life that will be true, truthful with me. I had someone this week in my life um, that was just dishonest. And the truth is, is that as that dishonesty, dishonesty unfolded before me, I realized they've been being dishonest with me for a long time, a couple of years probably. Uh, it's hard not to be hurt by that a little bit, you know? At the same time, I'm not surprised uh, because, I mean, in general, we're sinners, you know? And we do let each other down. And sometimes that means things like being dishonest. Maybe, maybe that's a struggle. Hey, it's a struggle for you. I don't know. Maybe you're having... Maybe you struggle with being dishonest with people sometimes. Uh, and it's because maybe you, um, you know, uh, are afraid of what people would really think if they knew the truth. Uh, we can all struggle with that to some degree. Jesus did not. Jesus did not. He came completely full of grace and full of truth. I'm reminded that the truth will set you free. You know, we've read that. We've studied that. Um, and I'm just reminded of that as we talk about that. I, I want to look at this other passage real quick out of Philippians 2. And I'm not going to talk a, a ton about it, but I, I just, it just is too perfect to not look at it uh, while we're studying this passage out of John 1.14. Philippians 2, verse 6, it says this. It says, Who though 
he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And that's Jesus who is it's saying he is God, but he's not holding up that I am God while he's here to not do what he came here to do. Verse 7, he talks about that. Paul talks about what he came to do. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God was highly exalted, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Like literally every, every, every person is going to bow a knee at some point in time. At the at, you know when when Jesus comes back, uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And and God has this huge plan, and part of it is that that ev- that everyone will recognize in that moment who Jesus is. And he will be glorified in a way never like never before, that literally all of the earth is going to bow a knee and say, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm challenged by what Christ did here. And you say, well, of course we're challenged by what Christ did here. He came and he died on the cross. Yes, absolutely. But even kind of, you know, going back to, you know, some of that out of John 1.14, uh, you know, that he came and he dwelt among us. He became flesh. He came full of grace and truth. And we have this understanding that he came and he literally emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He became a human and became a servant. He came to serve, not to be served. And, God, and, and although he was in the form of God, verse 6 there, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he didn't use that as an excuse to not do these things that was seen as the plan for us to understand who he was and believe in him and trust in him. And it says in verse 8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. Jesus came, fully God, fully man, and yet he still put everyone before him. He put everyone before him. He humbled himself to allow everybody to be more important than he was in that moment while he would be here, that he would humble himself literally to the point that he would empty himself, literally empty himself of his blood by being crucified on the cross, obedient to the point of death. This is absolutely amazing. And say, Chris, that's great. You know, that's great. I'm reminded today of how awesome Jesus is and what God has done for me, and I'm thankful for that. I think that's part I think that's a big part of it and I think honestly I think a lot of days we're not thinking about that. We're not thinking about who Christ is. We're not thinking about what God the Father has done for us and sending him for us, but also I think that we should be challenged today 
by the example in which Christ has set for us, to be reminded that he was a dealer of grace and truth, that we're called to follow in those footsteps, that he was a dealer of grace and truth. Man, can we do that for each other? Can we do that wherever we go in this world, that we could be a dealer of grace, that we'd be show grace and unmerited favor with the people in our lives that let us down at times, uh, and at the same time that we could offer truth? Man, I mean, what, what kind of better relationships would we have if, if that's who we would be? He came to be a dealer of grace and truth. He came to live as an example for us to follow. He came to serve and to save. We are called to serve. We can't save, but we're called to serve. And the great part is, is that in serving others, we're, we're given so many opportunities to share with them the one who does save. Who could have been all of these things in this world? Who could have been an example to follow? Who could have been the dealer of grace and truth? Who could have come to serve and to save? Just Jesus. Just Jesus. The only one. How can we follow his example? To know Jesus. To seek Jesus. And there are... I bring this to you today, just a simple message of who Christ is to encourage you today and be reminded that his grace and God's love is still as good for us today as it has ever been. And he loves you and he cares for you. And he's calling you to know him and to seek him and to not do that alone, but to do that as a part of the body, to do that as part of the church. Find others to do that with. We've been talking about that and we'll keep talking about that. Seek the Lord together. Let him work in your heart and in your life in just uh, amazing ways. Because again, who could have done all these things? Just Jesus. How can we follow his example, know him, and seek him? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we are challenged by it no matter how many times we've heard maybe even some of the same scriptures that we've studied on before. But God, we just come back and we're reminded of just how amazing it is that you would send your only son to die for us. God, we put our faith completely in him. God, we thank you for sending him. We thank you for your unmerited favor, and we thank you for your truth. God, thank you for sending Christ for us to be an example, to lead us, to guide us. Help us to be Christ-like in this world, to be light wherever we may go. Use us for your glory. God, for anyone Lord, that's never trusted and believed in him, God, I pray that you would do a work in their heart right now, that they may begin to believe, that you may begin to speak to their hearts. Lord, help them to see the truth of you and what you've done in sending your only son to die for us because you loved us, because you wanted to save us. God, thank you for sending a servant, not just a savior, but for sending both. What an amazing testimony of your care and your love for us. God, may we also care and love others as we go, as you have loved us. God, thank you for sending Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen.